Okay, I think we're good. Welcome to the Parents Wait podcast, where we invite you to a conversation about progressive politics, spirituality, and parenting. Um, this is the Parents Way. I am Neil Stoness, and I'm here with the forever wonderful Lori, lovely, glorious, love of my life partner. I'm Angela Jernigan. Wow, what a welcome. Thank you, Niels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, this morning, we would like to talk with you about the spiritual lives of children. Of children, yes. Of children. Yes. So we were just starting to talk about this, and I said, we got to turn it on. Yeah. Niels okay. was already a little bit on a roll. I was on so. a roll, yeah. So I'm going to ask you again, what do you think the spiritual life is, Niels? Well, I don't really have a full answer, but I think when I think about the spiritual life, it's a sense that every part of life is spirited, animated, uh, that what makes us come alive is, is, is spiritual. It's, um, and I don't know, I don't want to get stuck on the words. Uh, I don't care about the words one bit. But what makes us come alive is the same at what makes what makes me come alive is the same that makes you come alive that makes the person who's listening come alive that makes leah come alive the trees the mountains the sea the fish the ocean everything uh, comes alive by the same animating life force spirit god chi chi um whatever uh you want to call it mm -hmm. but it's one that's the point and that one you, one you feel deeply immersed in that kind of awareness of that animation, then you f don't feel separated in the same way from each other, from uh, the trees and um, the So highly and unique expressions of the same animating force. Because yes. you and I are not the same. We're not the same. No, we're quite distinct. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. And um, I think um, I was it like a Buddhist metaphor for our thinking, where it's like you have the the oceans, and then the oceans has waves, and each wave is unique, but it's still an expression of the ocean. Yes. And so, I mean, I don't know if that's a good metaphor or not. I don't. I'm not. I'm not deeply into metaphors in my life, typically. Uh, but if it helps to clarify it, but that's the idea. That we are all unique individual expressions of this life force, uh, distinct, needed, yeah. uh, absolutely vital, critical to the well-being of this life force that we are there. Uh, so we're not, uh, yeah, so it's very critical that we're there. That, mm -hmm. And at the same time, we are not separated from each other. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yes. So by the way you're describing it, it sounds to me like the spiritual life is very animating. Yes. It's unifying. It creates a oneness yes. between the distinct forms, the s distinct people. There's still an underlying oneness that we share. So it's also about connection. Yes. Well, yes. The, the, it doesn't create the oneness. The oneness is already there. We just the become aware of it. it. Yes. Yeah. We, yes, and, yes. Uh, and the connection is there. We... Um, we can feel it and sense it and enliven it and enrich it and make it present and um, become aware of it all the time. Yes. Um, it's our, and I know all about the feeling of being disconnected. I mean, and feeling completely isolated and lonely. And yes, uh, but it's something that happens in me. It's not actual a reality of life as I see it. Mm -hmm. But I can see that now. <laughs> 
uh, when I'm feeling isolated and lonely, I can't really see that. Sure. And it's hard then. Anyway, so I'm speaking from where I am now, but I'd all real both of those realities uh, I'm very familiar with. So, so I want to hold up, though, that it's not just personal to you when you feel lonely and isolated because right. we live in a civilization that in many ways is a civilization of alienation. Oh, completely. Where the, the systems and structures and rhythms and routines that we yeah. have set up are not designed to encourage this sense of vitality and interconnectedness Absolutely. and love. They kind of, it's just exactly the opposite. In fact, one of my favorite theologians who I heard speak when I was in seminary, um, Crossan, yeah. um, said, this is what's meant by the idea that civilization is at, at cross aims with the life of God. That the life uh -huh. of God is very much about connection and justice and vitality and aliveness and mm -hmm. civilization. Mm -hmm. Can, and I don't know that it's this black and white, but it can be very oh, deadening I, and I, mechanizing and, yeah, thwarting. I know exactly what he's talking about. Yes, I yes. totally get it. So, so but that's... But so the thing about uh, naming the spiritual life um, is interesting that we kind of have a name for it. And I think that that is exactly what you're talking about, is that we have kind of a civilized life in which we wake up in the morning and get dressed and get you know fed and have breakfast and bring our children to school and go to work and uh, and then maybe 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 we have time somewhere in the day in the week for a spiritual practice or a connection or you know and for some people it is uh, writing morning pages in the morning they wake up a little early they do three pages of writing in their journal some people light a candle and pray some people um, but it you know, they they go to church on Sunday or to temple on Friday or to the mosque on Friday, and there's different things that we do, but they're often kind of these added-on things for Westerners. For Westerners, for yes, mm -hmm. in this day and age that we live in, that that I'm speaking from, and mm -hmm. I I think of it often. It's not that different from having a massage. Yeah, and it becomes this one more thing on our to-do list. And so many people that we know, and you know them, and I know them, and we have those times in our life where we just don't get to any of it because yeah. it is just one more thing on our to-do list. Yeah. And so the real question constantly is, well, what if it is our life? What if it is just always our life? That's, that's what we're striving for. That's the goal. That's, that, yeah. Yes. So in a sense, when we've actually arrived fully in spiritual life, we won't need to call it spiritual life. It will just be life. That's right. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. And so in a way, that's why it's a little bit odd to talk about the spiritual lives of children. Because yeah. for children, the spiritual life is life. It's life, yes. It's about being in awe of this magical planet where you've arrived and where cool stuff happens and you get to try things out and you get to play peekaboo and hide and seek and discover, hey, my mom's still there, um, yeah. or my dad. Or yeah. um, It's about connection. It's about discovery. Mm -hmm. It's about being in your body. Yes. And it's about feeling things. 
It's about delight. Delight. It's about yeah. nuzzling and connection and closeness and love and laughter. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't call it a spiritual life for children. You'd call it, yes, they're very alive. They're very alive. They're and very in some alive. way, that's what we try to return to. Uh, and yes. There's the great French, originally Belgian singer Jacques Brel said, you know, it's learning is not a problem. Unlearning, that's the real key. That's what we're really yes. trying to do. And that's, I think this is one of the things that he talked about. It's like, even though he's a completely, anyway, <laughs> wonderful singer. But that's the thing. That's, we are trying to get back to that wonderful sense of wonderment, enchantment uh, in the world. Yes. And I, I fear that too many people have concluded that it was all an illusion. Yes. And, um, and that it's kind of, Part of growing up is the realization that it's all not true and that this enchanted feeling that we had as children is childlike and therefore to be left behind. And yes. That's that's the sad part, I think. That is very sad. Yeah. And I, again, it doesn't mean that it's literally true. Whatever, like when my daughter is pretending that or was pretending this hasn't happened in a while, that there's fairies living in the backyard and she's got names for them. And I don't know that that's literally true, but there is some way that she's connected to a sense of the unseen world. And she's coming up with names for it and possibilities for it that are in some ways maybe closer to what's true than my take on what's going on in the backyard which is oh i need to get to the weeding and oh <laughs> yeah, you know like oh the dog pooped on that uh, thing uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> and it's about fertilizing and and chemical processes about water and roots and, and then feeling guilty about those things yeah that's it's right. about a whole world of things that are not the magical they're not magical not alive not animated not spirited so and, therefore we're yeah. not in relationship with the garden no if it's not alive, if it's just another thing to be contained and controlled right. and a responsibility, right. kind of like our bodies, just another thing, just another project, yes. just another thing to be contained and controlled. Yeah. Whereas for children, bodies are a land of discovery. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how yeah. wonderful to be able to keep more of that alive. Yeah. And to feel somebody else's body, your mom's, your dad's and yes. other. Yeah. I remember how Leah yeah. used to just like linger sniffing my armpits and we would just laugh like really but or i would you yeah. didn't but i she'd be like you smell so mama oh, yes. <laughs> be like right. wow well, great yeah. girl that's great yeah. um so this delight in embodied mm-hmm. experience um and also uh, the delight in play i want to just play. lift up play in all of this yes I mean, if there's something about spiritual life, I think it is in part what it, what's the thing about um, kind of the unselfconscious um, being in the here and now. That's, I think, a big part of what we seek when we seek something called spiritual life. Yes. The, it's both unselfconscious and it is kind of in the present moment. And that's what kids, what children have when they play. They just, whoop, they're off, they're, they're gone. And... Um, Particularly imaginary play, yes, uh, that's that's really great and it's so delightful. If as they get older, they still have it. It's like, oh, okay, I'm so glad it's not gone. Right? Uh-huh. And, um, but that's that's really the thing. It's that play is 
the, the incredible sense of discovery and and perhaps also for us a remembrance that that's really kind of the kind of energy that we can bring to our lives um, that makes us more joyful um, and have a big, bigger sense of yeah we can be in the here and now discovering new things learning new things all the time mm-hmm. um, and we don't have to be so burdened by kind of thinking about ourselves in it that's right because I think that's such a big part of what we do all the time yeah. it it makes me think of what the Quakers call c- the quickening it's yes. that the quickening is the animating presence that we can tap into and touch into and um, I think there's so many different ways that we do that as adults. Yeah. And um, it, it's ideally so we can Sorry. have more and more of our lives from the place of quickening. Yeah. It's very hard to go off to this highly structured world of materialism and keep alive the sense of quickening. Yeah. And so I know that in our life, me and you, Niels, there's a, an ongoing sense of how can we ride the current of what's actually alive and trying to be made of itself in our life yeah. and make that our life. And it's a real trick. How do you figure out how to get the bills paid? And how do you, fi- you know, like our house, really the lawn has needed to be mowed for ages. You yes. know, like it makes us a little bit messy sometimes. Yes. But it's by far, to me, preferable to keep saying, what in our life is alive? What's bringing us to life? Yeah. And to sometimes opt for more play, a longer couch snuggle, um, a, you know, to opt for, like right in the corner of the room here, I had this art explosion this morning and Neil's like, art supplies everywhere. And I said, Neil's, look, I had an art explosion. And he said, yes, explode more. Yeah. And so there's this place of like, oh, right, I don't have to apologize for where creativity is taking over. It's not always convenient. It's no, not always convenient. No. And neither are children, frankly. No. Not no, no. They're at their best when they're not convenient in no, some ways. No. I mean, and that's it's when hard you know. on us. It's hard on us. It's hard on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we kind of do our best. And so, uh, I mean, this is one of the fears that you and I have often when it comes to kind of helping parents is that what we really are doing is helping parents kind of package their children so that they can deliver them back to school and then kind of get them back together. Sorry if I'm just revealing a secret about our work. Here. Actually, I want to phrase it the other way before you yeah. before you I, stomp all over our work too much. I want no, to say, no, no, but I, I think just, it's also about helping parents become alive enough yeah, to actually yeah, be yeah, with yeah, their yeah. children. That's right. It's not just about deadening children enough to be with the no, school system. But... Um, <laughs> But I think that we have to constantly uh, be aware that a lot of the demands on parents, let me just phrase it this way then. Yes. Because I don't want to trample on parents because they, you, I know they work. I mean, parents work way too hard and in way too much isolation. There's never been a time and place on earth, I say this often, where parenting was so isolated and isolating as it is right here, right now, particularly on the West Coast. I have a suspicion it's less so in, on the East Coast, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But here on the West Coast, it's crazy. It's just absurd how isolating and isolated parenting is. So the um, the pressure on parents to work in their family lives with their children in such a way that they are presentable to the world and manageable by the world, uh, 
is enormous. Yes. And I think we are always struggling to make sure that we don't kind of feed that particular demand of the world. But we have helped the parents kind of realize, oh, no, this is your kid. This is, look, the aliveness of your kid. You can respond to it with your own aliveness and things will go better. And if that means that it's not as convenient for the, for the world, yeah, we care less about that. Yeah. And we can still help you figure out how to negotiate that inter interchange that we all have to make, that, mm -hmm. that exchange where our kids go to school and how do they function in the school and, and, how, and how do we help them do that well and so that their lives remain rich and Because filled this with is friends. the world we this live in. This is the world we live in. So it's a real struggle. But let's name it as a struggle, and let's yes. not let's not surrender to it. Uh, well, it, what it's making me think of is that that to go back to Crossan, what's his name, John Dominic Crossan. Uh huh. Um, so. He talks about how the trajectory trajectory of civilization um, is at cross purposes with the life of God, mm -hmm. and I feel like parents are standing right in the line of fire between those oh. two. Because oh. we, I know, oh. I know, isn't it awful? Oh, no, but that's so well said, Because though. these that little beings so, come yeah. into the world and they are just so full of the expression of God. Oh, my goodness. And then we have to be like, oh, yes, let me delight in you yeah. and take joy in you and love you. And, <laughs> and now I'm going to deliver you to this world. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yes, we have to get out of the door by 8.30 or 8.15 yeah. in order to and... You know, don't forget your sunscreen and, you know, and the whole... And now you have to line up. And, and now and you have, have to, to line up. Line. And, and yeah. it doesn't really work for the teacher if you're going to talk that way. And, you yeah. know, so we have to figure out how to deliver these little people to the world and also help them to function well in that world yeah. without losing the vitality and the liveness that is their birthright yeah. that civilization does not really support. Yeah. That civilization, in fact, goes a long way to thwart. That's right. And so I feel like this is the real pressure on us as parents. Yeah. Uh, and I do think it's also what's hopeful about being parents. Because it's saying, you know, let's look anew at this whole civilization thing. Now that I have the precious sense of my child and I can remember in a new way how alive life mm -hmm. can be mm -hmm. now I need to evaluate civilization again and maybe be part of creating changes to it yeah and I also have to bump up against these questions I can't just rotely fall in line anymore and get on the subway and do my thing and let my life get more and more deadened right. because I have this very alive child I come home to. Yeah. <laughs> and it just keeps us having to grapple with what is the world we are we have been born into and our kids have been born yeah. into and yeah. how do we want to co-create it together right. to have more aliveness, more art, more play, more song, more... But also invention, more invention, but also because we were talking about this two weeks ago, more justice, more fairness. Exactly. Because the same aliveness that is about play and invention and art and discovery is also about justice and fairness. Exactly. And, and these kids who come to school and being treated unfairly and then get mad, they are, that's part of it too. Your, your anger yes. uh, and parents too, you're, you know, that if, if you're 
kid is mistreated at school, ignored at school, you get angry. That anger yes. is trustworthy. Exactly. That's correct. And we override it because we have so much empathy for the school system. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we have empathy, real empathy for the teachers because we know they have an impossible job. Uh, and several of them are really good. But at the same time, the, the system in which they are sit stuck in a way mm -hmm. is just not fair to our kids. It's just no, not. Or to the teachers. Or to the teachers. Mm -hmm. And as parents, we feel that when our kids get treated in ways that are not right. Mm -hmm. and, they, and then they come home and they're, they're just full of like, stuff. Mm -hmm. And they need to come and they, they come at us with all their anger and frustration and they want to bonk us and throw stuff around. And mm -hmm. But it's not disconnected from that real sense of fairness, which is part of that aliveness. Yes. And so the spiritual life of children is also the political life of children. That's we, right. Yeah. Yes, because when their aliveness is thwarted, when their aliveness is shamed or put down yeah. or contained or controlled or made bad, that that registers as injustice. Yeah. And it is it is unjust. And it is unjust that certain populations of children are contained and controlled even more. Yeah. Because of the social location right. in which they arrived. Um, so this is so where the aliveness and the the vitality bumps up against very limiting and oppressive systems and structures, we feel it yeah. as parents. Right. We feel it. So this is a holy struggle. This We're is a in. holy struggle. A holy That's struggle. Right. And That's the main thing yeah. I think is that holy struggles are worth it and they're possible when we're in it together. When yes. you really feel like you're just alone, grinding your way through yes. the days, trying to manage this unruly kid and the unruly sibling, mm -hmm. and it, it, there is a way it just gets to be too much. Oh, yeah. But when you can be you know, have a sense of camaraderie. Like, wow, what a task we've been given as parents. Mm -hmm. You know, what? this is just incredible what is ours to do and we're in it together. And we're in it together across lines of difference. That we're in it together. This is more and more what I'm, I'm wanting to be part of bringing about in the world. Yeah. A sense that we're not just isolated families watching out just for the well-being of our own children. That's right but that all of the children in my child's school are my children. And if there's an education gap going on, it's, it's, this is hurtful to me. Yeah. It's, even though I'm a white mother of right. a white child, for there to be a race-based education gap is not okay for me. No, right. And this is all of our children. All of our children are trapped in it. And it's yeah. the vitality and aliveness and potential and just everythingness in mm -hmm. each child mm -hmm. that is ours to protect and yeah. cultivate and hold the system accountable to. Yeah. It's this way. I mean, you've heard me say this. Um, you know, you're not broken. You're just not meant to be alone. Yeah. It's, it's kind of my fundamental critique to anything Protestant, Calvinist, which yeah. uh, holds this notion that we're all coming into the world broken and and I'm like, no, no. 
it's that's only true if you think that we're in it alone but if you think of it as no this is something that we all do together then then it's not about being broken it's about being disconnected and Amen. i and it's really I, I i felt that because of our life together with leah in our family where it's like oh it's really the sense of connection that can repair um that can repair us and can, and that can create our sense of richness and well-being in our lives and can also give us the courage and the resilience to go back out in, yes. into settings. Yeah. Leah can now face the mean art teacher. Yeah, It's like, it's an okay thing in her yeah. world because she has backing and support yeah. and she's had been able to tell her stories about it and be heard and be believed and be backed. Um, yeah. And so, and make art about it. And make art about uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes, that's, that's right. So, what happens here then then makes it possible to go back out yeah. and and not just be disheartened. That's right. So, yeah, that's yeah. Great. So, the spiritual lives of children, yeah. meaning the lives of the lives children. Of children. Yeah, and that which we long for in many ways. That's right. Yeah. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks for being with us. Yeah. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.